Welcome to the Smut Hive. This is your trusty spoiler alert. This is our deep dive into our favorite romance books. We'll be spoiling all the good stuff. If you don't want to know yet, come back after you finish the book. And because we care, here's a little warning. We're going to be talking about sensitive topics that might be upsetting to some. Explicit language, sexual situations, such as questionable consent, abuse, and assault. Just a blanket statement of all the triggers. Welcome back, guys. We are on episode seven, and we have read The Land Where Centers Atone by B.F. Mason. Um, this is a standalone enemies to lovers romance. Um, it's also Kindle Unlimited, and we love our Kindle Unlimited books. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, we're just going to get right into it because this is just another one of those books that have a great cover. Um, I'm a big fan of my romance book covers, and this one is a really great one to check out. Um, unlike some of the ones that we've had recently, it's not like the headless type of man. It actually does have like the really hot dude on the front of the cover. He is real hot. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. Like I was just kind of skimming through yeah. books and saw this cover and was like, hey, let's mm-hmm. see what this book is about. And so it made you want to read just based on the cover alone. Yeah. Yeah. He's hot. Um, this is also, I'm just going to say like, I'm glad that it is a standalone because there's a lot of complex things that are happening in this book. And I feel like if the, that the author did it perfectly with just making it a standalone, if she would have kind of drug it out or made it any, like added any more to the plate of crap that these people have to go through, I feel like, you know, it might not have had as big of an impact, um, with the fact that there is so much that's going on. It's very twisty. It's Mm -hmm. very dark. And you very, like, there's characters you just don't like a lot of the time um, during this book. But again, standalone. So it she did it very well, the the author, as far as how she made kind of the crazy (laughs) work where you can stand it. Yeah. I'm not sure I would have read it if there were two books. Yeah. Because I liked it. It wasn't one of my favorites. I even had trouble getting to like the fifth chapter. I was almost like, what is she having me read? Because Jillian read this first and was like, you have to read this. So I read it for this particular episode. And I literally was like, what is happening here? What is happening here? I almost couldn't get through it. But it is very complex. There's a lot going on. But I didn't love it enough to like want there to be a second book. So yeah, I don't know if I would have read a second book if there would have been one. Yeah. I was like almost like just exhausted after I got done reading it. Not in like a bad way, but just like, Oh, that was a lot to get through. I got to go sleep now. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're reading kind of like the dark twisty, you know, and you're, you're adding in like, you know, this, this has like a murderer and a mm-hmm. stalker and I mean, there's just a lot of, there's like prison and it's a lot. there's a lot of, of things that people that are awful that mm-hmm. happen in this book that are done to people or they yeah. did it to the other person. And so like, and I will spoil that it does have a happily yeah. ever after at the end. Cause otherwise you're like, what the fuck did I just devote yeah. my time for? If, yeah. Cause that you do not think it's going to work out the way that it does. So, and the dark and twisty too is really dark and twisty for me. I felt like especially specific scenes, uh, let's just say in prison, for example, 
were very detailed. Like I could picture myself being there. So it, it was, I feel like for me, just an emotional read as far as like, yikes, this is really fucking intense. Yes. So what actually happens in this book, the main female character, her name is Phoenix Hale, and she is just essentially a person that's living their best life. Like she has a loving husband, she has a career in the medical field, she has friends, she has a great life. And um, when you meet her, you're meeting her in like the judge's chambers yeah. with an attorney. Apparently she has been um, accused of being drunk or high or on drug somehow and caused a car accident into another vehicle and killed that person. And it was a woman that she killed. And so like her husband left her um, because he couldn't, you know, take the scandal. And she has been saying that she was innocent. Like she yeah. had just left work. She was awake. She was alert. And all of a sudden she was passed out and didn't know why. And she said she had not drank. She had not taken any drugs, but they were in her system. And so nobody believed her. Yeah. So she lost her medical license. She lost her friends. And she, you were meeting her because she's in, you know, with her attorney and they're trying to make her take a plea deal. Right. And they're just saying, listen, take this deal to vehicular manslaughter as opposed to like intentional murder or whatever. And your time will be less and you're just going to have to do it. And so you find out pretty early on that she's pregnant and did not tell her husband, her mm -hmm. husband since he left her. Right. And she hasn't told anyone in the, the, you know, her attorney or, you know, in the jail or anything. No like one that. else. Yeah. So she's covering up that she's pregnant and she was just like, you know, well, I guess I'll just, her life is over and I'll just take these chances and take this plea agreement. And when, you know, she, then she goes to prison and then you, she gets beat up really yeah. bad, like tortured and beat up really bad. Awful. Awful. I almost stopped reading. Yes. And yeah. loses the baby. Yeah. And so, you know, she goes back to jail after recovering in the hospital where she no longer has any form of hold, I think is what the baby kind of represented to her. Was there still something about her life yeah. that was still hers and now that's gone. And so she just kind of becomes down. a shell. Yeah. yeah. Shuts completely down, becomes a shell, like does jobs in the prison, like works in the kitchen, learns how to get by and learns yeah. how to survive. I think too, the, now in this particular book, um, we don't really know what she looks like, but I feel like there is a lot of describing as far as when she becomes the shell, she just kind of becomes like this invisible person that likes to sit in a corner and minds her own business and doesn't really have a whole lot to say. Um, and I really feel like that's not at all who she was before she went into prison and had literally everything taken from her. So I kind of felt for her. Like, I felt like she was, her character was super relatable. Like, what does one person do when everything is taken from you? So I liked her. Like, just in general, I liked her character. Um, and I did feel like while she did kind of go inside herself, I feel like she did have a little fight left, which as we get further into the podcast, you'll see, but she didn't lose herself completely. Right. And I liked that. Right. And then like, you know, some time goes on and again, she's just kind of adjusted to life in prison and knows how to get by essentially um, until they come and get her and tell her that she has a visitor and it's an attorney. And the issue with the, it's a female and the, the issue with the attorney is that the attorney is actually part of the family of the woman that she supposedly killed. And so she's very confused about while, you know, why they are there. 
Um, and it's the sister, the sister-in-law of the lady that was killed, that she apparently killed in the car accident. So the attorney is like, listen, I know you're innocent and I'm, I've, we've got new evidence and I'm going to get you out of here. Like, you just need to know this. Like, we were wrong. We're really sorry. Let us get you out of jail. So when, what you're finding out now is that the husband of the lady that was killed in the car accident, he's our main character and his name is Zachary King. And when you start flashing in the book to his point of view, he starts to describe how much he hates Phoenix. Yes. Like, she took his his wife away, his love away. Yep. She was a drunk. She was, you know, he feels like she was just an overprivileged, you know, like overpaid, mm-hmm. you know, who cares that you're a professional or whatever. Like, you got drunk or got high and you got behind a wheel of a car and now my life is over right. and you're going to pay. Like, it's just all there is to it. And he was the one that arranged to have her beaten right. in jail. Because he, he is, yeah. Know. He didn't know, though, about no, that she was pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. But still, I feel like he, he's rich. You know, just from reading, the King family is rich. And they have a lot of power. And he used that to essentially destroy her, attempt to get her killed in prison. And for me, I... Well, I don't understand, but I understand, like, he lost the love of his life, right? But she's in prison. She'll be there for 15 years. Why do you have to kill somebody? I feel like it was enough. So for me, up front, right out the bat, I didn't like him. I felt like he used, which most rich and powerful men in the books that we read, like they use that to their advantage, but to use it to kill somebody like, ugh, I don't know. It was like a hard line for me yeah. that was crossed. So that, that is why I had a really hard time even making it to chapter five, because I just off the bat liked her and didn't like him. So obviously like I wanted her to be like my favorite I just didn't like it. Yeah. It was too much. It was like too much for me. Yeah. And it, it was hard to take him seriously as like a main character when he does something so horrible, like right off the bat. Yeah. But as you start, you know, he's now been handed the evidence by his lawyer sister that says Phoenix is innocent and you've done this to like an innocent person. Yeah. And so, you know, he has to make it right. And, you know, he does approach her when she gets out of jail and lets her know like you know there's a stalker type of situation like this isn't over we found that there is a person that has done this to other people besides you right so this killer in this book what they do is they find a person and you know drug them and have them kill uh, the their actual target so right. it's all just mind games yes and so the stalker per stalker slash killer has basically had this connection with Phoenix. Like Phoenix was an innocent person and ended up going to jail, you know, for killing this person. He hates his wife and all this kind of stuff. Like, it's just a mind. It's a lot. It's a lot to process a lot to like dig through to. And I do want to note now that Phoenix is out of prison, obviously she has to like get back to a life. like one of her prison friends supposedly brother picks her up and gives her a place to stay and finds her a job and we do find out that like that whole situation was not real it was like 
the serial killer murder guy girl whatever the fuck um put this into place right. like that is how mind fucky this book is um i do also the thing that i hated that really got under my skin was so she's working at this bar as a bartender and this is where she sees Zachary King for the first time since she's been released from prison. And that's what Jillian just talked about. But I would also like to note that Sebastian, her now ex-husband, uh, comes into the bar too and just wants to be like, oh, I'm so sorry that I thought you murdered somebody and like left you with fucking nothing, not a penny to your name, didn't give a shit that you went to prison. But like, let me tell you how sorry I am. No. Fuck off and she tells him to fuck off which immediately i was like okay yeah i like this girl yeah she is not fucking playing around she has no qualms about telling people to fuck off she knows who didn't believe her and it's not that they like obviously this was done to a rich so a rich family so it was very in the media yeah and it wasn't like her her husband and her friends like just didn't want to be a part of the media circus and kind of took themselves out. They were like, no, you fucking did this. You murdered this lady. You got drunk and yeah. you killed her. Yeah. You, there's no coming back from that. Like you can't come back and be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I blah, blah. No. Yeah. She, cause she was no. screaming the entire time she was innocent yeah. and nobody believed her. Everyone like, she no. thought that was in her corner. Yeah. So she had nothing left yeah. of her life. So when she gets out, she knows she has to start from right. all over again, from the ground and, and work her way up. Yep. And she's not willing to let anyone help her. No. Nope. And she doesn't want to deal with them. And yep. so when her ex-husband shows up, she's like, oh, fuck you. Dude. Yeah. Like, we're, no, there's nothing you can say. I don't want to see you. Ever. I don't want to fucking talk to yeah. you. Like, get the fuck out of here. And then Zachary King is there. And she yeah. was like, really? You haven't done enough? Because right. she knew that he was yeah. the one that hired the yeah. people that. So in her eyes... He killed her baby. Yes. And she wants nothing from him. No. She's like, I've told all of you I didn't do it. I don't know why you didn't believe me. I don't know why this is happening to me. I never, you know, asked for this to happen to me. Fuck all of you. Yes. And he has to basically bully her by saying this stalker slash killer person is going to kill you. Like you're no longer going to be relevant in the game. If you don't let me protect you. Right. And so then you just kind of got that whole forced proximity relationship mm -hmm. building. Yeah. And she hates him. Hates. hates. Him. Well, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, if you thought, okay, this is the man that literally took the last piece of my soul. Yeah. Like killed my baby. I wouldn't, I don't even want to look at you. I don't want to be in the same room with you. I don't want to talk to you. I want absolutely nothing fucking to do with you. And he kind of like forces like. We're, we're going to figure this out and we're going to do it together. And you really just don't have a fucking say. Yeah. But on his point of view, he thought yeah. with all the evidence that was presented to him, that this is a careless woman who killed the love of my life. Right. And so he did horrible things to her. And now he has to face her going, yep, you were innocent the whole time. My bad. Super sorry about that. Right. But in exchange, I'll keep you alive. Right. And I'm rich, so you don't have to worry about supporting yourself right. or getting a job while all this is going on. I'll just take care of it. Right. And at this point, the only redeeming quality he has, as far as she is concerned, is that he has a little girl. Right. She was never, she did not die. He took her. He yes. took her child, named her 
What? What she was going to name the child. And at this point, she's what, three in the book. She's described as like this cute, energetic, like little ball of energy. And yeah, who loves him. And he, in the book, is a really good dad. Really, really good dad. Does everything for her. Lets her experience the world. Gives her everything she wants. So that is his redeeming quality. But in my eyes, his only redeeming quality. Right. At this point in the book. Right. So we as readers know that when she, when Phoenix got beaten up in prison Mm -hmm. and lost the baby, she didn't lose the baby. Right. The baby was kept alive by Zachary King. Right. So, and then he took the baby and raised the baby as his. Right. So we know this as readers, but Phoenix doesn't know that it's her baby, but she instantly gets attached to the child, but then is also still grieving in her own way. Like, oh, this beautiful little girl, I can't not play with her when she asked me to, but then I'm going to cry about it later when I'm alone because I miss what I could have had and Zachary took it away from me. Because now she's living with them. She's living with them. So now it's the push and pull. Like he's this wonderful person to her and to his kid during the day. And now she's starting to like feel the sexual, you know, how, yep. how he looks and how he acts and how he smells. And, yep. and then, but then she's sad at night when she goes to her room and she cries and she fucking hates him all over again. Right. So you have this for a long time. Right. A lot of push and pull as far as emotions are concerned. They do, obviously they do end up having a sexual relationship. They do fuck a lot. Yes. But Every time afterwards, she hates herself for it because she's like, I should hate this man. I do hate this man, but he makes me feel a special kind of way. And she's having a really hard time wrapping her brain around how she would even want to have a sexual relationship with a man that did this to her. Right. So there is a lot of push pull. There's a lot of things also going on trying to catch this killer. So they do spend a ton of time together. And I mean, their relationship does slowly start moving from hate to not hate for her. But I feel like for him, he goes from like, I want to kill this woman to like, let's work together. And then like 2.5 seconds later, like I am obsessed with her in like a relationship sense. I like love her. I want to be with her. I feel like that is not a realistic timeline of like hatred to love it just moves super fast for me yeah uh but i also don't understand how he can think that he can get to that point with someone that hates him as much as she does because of what he's done to her right to me it just isn't realistic for him to expect that from her well i think one of the top two things about this book that I absolutely did love is how the author writes, how complicated these two individuals yeah. are. I mean, they've got their side stories. Like, you know, she's got the ex-husband and he has this extended family that's very involved and it's all a big media thing. He hates them. He, oh, hates, he hates his family. Them. Yeah. Um, And it's just, you know, they're very complicated. And for him, I feel like he lost his wife. He's been grieving, but he raised this little girl who essentially saved him from destroying more than what he had done like that's the only reason why he quit i mean phoenix didn't die in jail so but because he 
saw this little baby and felt like this is how, this is what I need. And so raising the little girl is what stopped him from like letting, being able to let go of yeah. his vengeance. And saved him initially. And then, yeah, yeah. But then finding out he was wrong, like he doesn't know how to make amends. He yeah. knows right off the bat, like I am never going to make amends for what I've done to yeah. you. And she doesn't even know the extent of what right. he's done to her at this point. He was like, but what I can do is offer you this. And he just, it kind of lets it grow from there. Yeah. Where he starts to learn that being around her makes him happy. And he feels things for her that he has not felt. Um, even with his first wife, he thought that was everything. And now he's feeling things he's never felt. And she's fitting into his life perfectly. And he's very protective of her. And you have all these emotions and all these feelings coming in. And he doesn't believe that she'll hate him forever. He thinks he's going to find a way to earn her love and she's letting him know like i just want to fuck you like listen i've right. been to prison my life is over you look really great like, right let's just i need to get this out you you fuck wonderful let's continue to do that yes. but they have to also fake um a relationship because they're in the media yeah so they're trying to lure the stalker slash killer person out and so they're having to like you know have a, a go to parties as a couple mm -hmm. and be affectionate in public and all that gets really confusing yeah, emo like yeah. emotionally, I think for her too, because she doesn't like to be in the media spotlight, but I think she does start to like the time that she's spending with him. Yeah. Uh, I do want to put off to kind of the side, and I don't, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about it because uh, it would make more sense if you read the book, but when they are young, they are pen pals. They do not know each other. They don't know who each other is. They only know each other by first name. And in this book, every once in a while, it will show a letter, a letter from him to her or vice versa. As they're growing up. Yeah, as they're growing up. So like through like high school and through college. And so you do kind of get to see what they know about each other as far as like family dynamic, what their goals in life are, like kind of their characteristics and personalities. Uh, but I think as a reader, obviously you kind of, you know that they're pen pals, but they don't actually realize until like the last quarter of the book that this isn't the first time that they have interacted or that they actually know each other from a very long time ago. And it's kind of like this cosmic like pull they were supposed to meet and they didn't meet. And because they didn't meet, they each met their significant others. And so it is a very twisty, turny plot line, I guess, mm -hmm. that goes back super far, which I kind of liked. I did like Because it. The letters alone really did build on the characters and their relationship. You know, he was a asshole yeah. in the letters, just as is, as he is now. Right. But she had like this bright outlook of the world, mm -hmm. and what she was in those letters is no longer who she is now. Yeah. And so it was very interesting, and I liked that the author did that. Yeah. And I mean, what we end up finding out from those letters and how it all unfolds is that when they were little kids, so she was a little girl in foster care and she met a boy on the street who was sad and his mother had just died. Yeah. And she was this little poor kid and he wanted to lash out and be mean to her, but she was really sweet to him and was like, I'm really sorry. I don't have parents either. Like, I get that. That sucks. And so... 
he had come back like, I don't know, a year or so later, pissed off because his dad was getting ready to remarry. And the little girl ran into him and they exchanged their name or I think their names and their addresses at mm -hmm. that point. And somehow they were all the way up through like middle school, high school. They're talking about the first time right. that she liked a boy and through college. And they were eventually going to meet up and he ran late and she left. And that's when he met his wife. Right. And she got into a cab and that's when yep. she met her husband, husband. And then it all comes full circle. Right. Yep. So, but it was, it was very well done. Very well done. Super well done. Because it wasn't a part of the story that it was very believable yes. as being a part of the story. Yep. And for it to come back now after all this has happened and to come back to find out that that's yeah. who you are now, it really did change kind of the course of the book, mm -hmm. I think, because she stopped hating him yes. at that point. Yeah, because she realized that he was the boy. And she, I think, understood now more about who he was because she knew what he went through because of the letters. Right. So she understood... I think where his revenge was stem like where it stemmed from and why oh, yeah, he yeah. has hella hella family issues. Yes. This this is the like perfect example of like fucked up rich people family. Yes. So he's mad because his dad remarries real soon after his mom dies. His dad marries a woman that has three kids, although we find out that she like lost one of the kids to like the dad and the dad abused the little kid yeah. and she finally found the kid years later, but the kid's all fucked up and you don't know much about the kid. But then you've got like the, the dad, his father, Zachary's father at this point has now raised these kids yes. for like 20 fucking years. Zachary, get over it. Your dad right. remarried. Right. He remarried this woman who's done. they, And he's mean. Zachary's mean to his father. He's mean Horrible. to his, his step siblings yeah. and they all try. I'll try yep. to be nice to him or to talk to him or include him when they're in the media and they're supposed to be the King right. family. And he's just always got a bug up his ass for being yeah. as old as he is and not being able to let that go. I feel like from what I understood, it stemmed from when the three new kids came into the house, the dad like sent him off to boarding school or right. something. So he like blamed them. Yep. It was very, I think he has a deal with blaming people that like shouldn't be blamed for certain things. Right. Uh, I do want to note too that one of the, whatever, stepsister mm -hmm. uh, is now engaged to the ex-husband of Phoenix. So now not only is she having to deal with that, now when they go into like these parties and family events, she has to see him yep. and like act like everything is fine because we have to act like we're one big family because we're powerful and rich. Listen. Yeah. No. Oh, and how about I'm not Zachary into it. Hates the ex-husband. Yeah. Hates him. Hates the ex-husband. And actually he doesn't even want to acknowledge in his own head that he's also keeping the secret right. of the baby girl from his right. actual father. Yep. And Zachary, in his mind, is just like, Sebastian will never be her father. Like, I'm her father. I don't care if it was, like, his sperm or whatever. He doesn't know yeah. about the fact that Phoenix was ever pregnant. Fuck him and how he treated her. And now he's with my sister, but he's looking still at her like he wants her. And I want Phoenix and no one's taking them away from me. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's and, a lot. But... The author, the other man, I'm telling you, she, she I, writes yes. crazy real well. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. two, um, the sex scenes, we're going to talk about those. Yeah. Oh, after, yeah. After when the I break. said there's top two reasons yeah. why I like this book, number yeah. one is the sex scenes yeah. in this book. 
So we're going to take a break. We'll be back. And we're back. So, sex. Let's talk about it. Do it. So, I loved the sex scenes. But I do want to note that I think he was more passionate about the sex scenes. And she was more like, fuck me, good and hard. I want no emotion in the sex whatsoever. And he was more emotional during the sex scenes. But still dominant. But still dominant and aggressive. But uh, like, for me, like a hint of like, I want you to get off. I care that this is pleasurable for you. I want you to like it. And she is just like, you're a dick that's going to give me pleasure. And I want nothing else outside of that. Yeah. So I feel like there was a lot of push and pull in the sex scenes. And I think that's why I liked it. Because it was, it's almost like for me, like makeup sexy, but like, well, makeup sex E. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's how I kind of pictured their sex to be. Especially at first. Yeah. Because it was, for her, pure hate sex. Yes. Pure hate sex. Yeah. Like, she was just horny. Yeah. And he did it for her because yep. of the hate that yep. she had. And that, you know, turned her crank at that particular time. Mm-hmm. And I think that he, he didn't hate her anymore. Like, he his whole purpose was, like, trying to not get her to hate him. So he didn't want to come at her with hate sex. But he was more like frustrated with himself because he was having feelings for her that he thought he could keep separate. Right. Um, but he was very like very passionate in you know the way that I mean he would still fuck her. Don't let you oh, know. Yeah. It would just be like listen, right? Panties to the side. Right. We're about to fuck. That's right. But it was still it was extra. Like she would just be like wanting to bash his head right. against the wall. Like I need to inflict pain on you at this point. Inflict pain on me, and he just wouldn't do it. No. So, yeah. The kitchen but, counter sex scene, I think, was my favorite. It was good. Because then, like, every time they went into the kitchen thereafter, it was, like, flashback of, like, how hot it was. That it was, was, like, my favorite. It was really hot. Yeah. There was a lot of great sex. The author, again. Yes. An amazing job with not just the twisty-turny relationships and how they all circle back together, but she made you interested in these characters or the development of their yes. relationship because great sex is great sex, but you could tell from his point of view, like he, there was going to be more to it. it. He was already invested more into it. And you could tell she was going to give in yes, at some point. At some point. Um, and you saw two completely fucked up people fall in love right. in a good way. And come together and yeah. raise this little girl together. Yeah. Which she does find yeah, out. Yeah, she does find out. And Obviously, you know, they always find out they the big secret. They find out the big secret that that was really her daughter. Yeah. And I think it was very clever in the way that it was written as far as how her her forgiveness for that came around. How she did not have the intention of taking the little girl away mm-hmm. from who she thought was her father. But she was going to include her ex-husband. Yes. Because he had a right to know. Because she finds out not by Zach. She she finds out by whom we would assume to be the killer. That we don't know who it is yet. So she finds out in a way that he didn't want her to. And of course her immediate reaction is like, how could you do this to me? How could you do this to this little girl? And she really has to set aside her feelings on the entire situation and really look at, okay, what is best for this little girl? And so great mother instinct there. 
Like, what is best for her? What does her life look like if I take her? Because she could take her and she would be able to take her. But how much do I hate this man? Right. And what she knows, she already hated him. Yes. And she was able to get past it. And then she was like, now I have to hate you all over again. But now she's already in love with him. Yes. Like, she she can't. But she really struggles with it, though. It mm-hmm. wasn't like just like, oh, well, I guess if you did that, ho- you know, you've done shitty things to me before. What's another one? Hee-hee. Right. No, it wasn't anything like that. Like she really the way that that turmoil unfolds for her, like it really was very thought out. And she was like, I'm not going to be a liar. Like I can be a lot of things, but I'm not going to be a yeah. liar. This little girl, that's her dad. And she that will always be her dad. Yes. And I love him. And I will yep. figure this out. Like, we're going to get, we're just going to get through it. The past eventually is going to be the past. Right. And we need to, like, look forward, especially because we now have a child. Right. And we now have to survive what's coming at us next. Because, again, there's still a killer after them. People are turning up dead left and right. Right. Threats and notes and all kind of bullshit. And it just ends up being, it's, it's crazy at this point. And we, we did discuss ahead of time that we were not going to spoil who the killer was because I didn't know who it was. Me neither. I was shocked. Yeah. And we're not going to do that to you. We're going to let you figure it out. We want to, we don't want to spoil everything. Right. But it is shocking. Yes. How it all unfolds. Yes. It's very creative. Yes. I guarantee you haven't read it before. No. Um, The author did a great job and we want you to read that ending. And then there's actually like, what I love when books have like prologues, but that they're yes. not like six months later. Yes. But they, it's way into the future. Yeah. And how the characters that are still around, how mm-hmm. they're kind of co-mingling and where they ended up and how their lives and relationships ended up. And I couldn't have thought of a different ending. Like no. it is a happily ever after. We said that from the it's beginning. Like wrapped up in a pretty blue bow. And I like is, it. But it was very, I liked it. Yeah. I liked how everyone who was flawed, like how they. Yeah. I hate nothing more than a standalone book that is not wrapped up. Whether it's a happy pretty bow or a bad or a sad pretty bow, I want it to be wrapped up in a bow. I don't want to think when I'm done reading, well, what the hell happened to so-and-so or where's this going? I hate that. I hate that so much. Because why did you introduce that person to right. me in this book if right. you weren't going to tell me at the end what happened right. to them? Perfect, nope. perfect, it was a perfect ending. ending. Yeah. I think we need to score this bad boy. Yes. All right. So Dick scores. Let's do the girl. I'm going to give her a 10 out of 10. And I think the reason is, and we're on, we're some episodes in now. So I feel like you guys should kind of know how I feel about the women characters. I like a woman that says what she thinks and thinks what she says. I don't like characters that have this independent woman, sassy dialogue in their head. And then what comes out of their mouth is the exact fucking opposite of what was just in their head. And they have no backbone. I can't stand it. It's always why I end up rating the women low because just say what you think, say what you mean. Don't wishy washy love me, hate me. I don't like this, but I'm loving it for you. I don't like that. Yeah. 
And this character never does that. She always sticks with her guns. Fuck off. I don't like you. I don't care what anyone says. Full force, independent, still sassy, knows her own fucking mind. 10 out of 10. She is one of my, I would say, favorite woman characters in any of the books I've read. Yeah. I'm going to agree. Yeah. On every single point, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Because she was flawed. Yes. And she was conflicted. And she told you that. Yeah. You know, she wanted to hang on to her hate for him, but she knew when it was slipping. But she also knew, like, she wanted to be treated like a piece of meat and got frustrated because he wouldn't treat yeah. her that way. And because of that, she couldn't treat him that way. Yeah. Like, and he called it right when he didn't, well, it's not right that he hid from her, that he kept her right. kid. But, like, when it all came out, like, he told her, well, if I would have just said that to you, you wouldn't have cared. But now that you've been in my house, you've met my child, you've seen our interaction, you know she belongs with me just like yeah. you belong with me. And that's true. From the point of view of Phoenix, she yep. would not have been down for that. But right. because she's was a part of the family, so to speak, she knew yep. what that family meant. So she was willing to admit when things were not necessarily right or wrong. They yep. were they just were. Right. And life she, isn't about you, right? right? At this point, it's about who you love, your family, your children. Just super relatable. Like I could I think that's one of the reasons why I had a really hard time with the prison scene because I literally was like, oh my God, like this is, this is so relatable. It like almost made me tear up a little bit. Like I feel so sorry for this woman just, and most of the women characters, I don't relate. Right. I related to her and I think that's why I give her such a high score. Yeah. Uh, how about Zachary King? Oh, overall oh gosh i am so torn on this i think i'm gonna give him a oh gosh i'm gonna give him a seven his father mentality saves is saves him for me this sex is great but i don't know i just i couldn't relate to to him as much so I think I'm just gonna go with the seven and I was pretty much at an eight and because the father like yeah. how great of a father redeeming yeah was very redeemable to his character um and his love for his first wife like that saved him for me as well but the dirty talking sexy beast that he is put him up yeah. there for me too I I pick I don't know I picture him as like, I don't know if you guys ever watched Sons of Anarchy, but I picture him like Jax Teller. And I don't know if it's because I really feel like the cover kind of sort of looks like, like him Jax Teller in, a, in suit. a suit. Yeah, I don't know if it's the tattoos. I don't know what it is, but that's what I picture him to look like. Like Jax Teller with like crystal clear eyes. I don't even have a specific color in mind, but that's kind of like what I picture him to be do you picture him to look like that oh yeah like a dirty kind of sophisticate yeah like, you know the tattoos on the hands right. are showing through the suit but he still has on like a suit that costs more than my car right and he's you know you know he's a billionaire and you know he's arrogant but he yeah. can back that shit up yeah you know but he doesn't like make you feel stupid yeah he never wants like 
he always thinks that she's the most beautiful yeah. thing in like the whole wide world. He's never yeah. felt like she wasn't worthy or, you know, anything mm-hmm. like that. And just, you know, the princess kind of mentality yeah. of how he treated her. Like, I get that. That's my, that's yeah. my spiel. So I do, I think too, uh, and Julie and I have talked about this. So we've been doing this for some weeks now. Uh, and of course we have some friends and family, uh, who haven't just blown smoke up our asses and told us how amazing we are. I mean, we know we're amazing, but listen, we do like criticism. We want to know what you're missing out on, what it is that you would like to see. And a lot of the times people have said, we want to be able to picture the characters. So just in general, a lot of times authors do not, they describe the characters in personality traits, like cold, callous, rich isn't a personality trait, but rich, um, dark and smoldery or whatever, but they don't actually give specific looks because I think that they want the readers to put what they think is hot and sexy on that male character. They don't want to force a look that maybe, okay, this guy is tall, slender, and blonde. Well, if I don't like or think tall, slender, blonde men are sexy, am I really going to relate to the book? Right. So I do think a lot of authors kind of leave that out. And I also think we've kind of talked about this, why some books are headless. You see the body on the covers, on the covers, but there is no head. And I think it kind of goes to the point of the author doesn't want to force a look on the reader. They kind of want the reader to imagine what their Adonis looks like. So we hear you. And when we are going to make a note, when the author does describe physical characteristics, we will tell you, we will let you know because we want you to picture. Well, Morgan will tell you. I'm like morally opposed to it. Right. I will tell you. Uh, Jill has a, she has a very specific Adonis character. Mine can change here and there. kind of depends. So I don't mind it. So we will note, I will note when there are specific things that the author has said about looks, but just most of the time, it is just personality characteristics that they usually talk about. Yeah. I mean, and again, as much as we like our books sometimes to like be realistic or we might even praise them because they're realistic Mm -hmm. at the same time, you're reading this shit for fun, yo. Yeah. Come up with your (laughs) own boyfriend. Right. And make him look in your mind how you want him yeah. to look. Like, I don't even care if the author describes him to me. In my head, it's already going to be one way. Yeah. And you're not going to change that for me because it's the way that I like to read books. So if you're not a person that does that, like, you need to get a little bit yeah. more creative, I think, in yeah. your book reading ability. So yeah. that's why we don't describe, like, oh, Annie had on a aqua colored shirt that right. bounced off a color of his eyes if you want him to have blue eyes bitch have blue eyes right. if you want him to have green right. eyes have green eyes green eyes right. if you want him to have an irish accent or i don't care where they're yep. from do do you yes you However do you boo you want to do it i think i don't know if you remember this or not but in 50 shades of gray no one could actually say what christian gray looked like right i don't even know if the author ever described what he actually looked like and if she did I wasn't taking note. Mm-mm. And I think too, that's why a lot of people had issue with what he looked like in the movie, because they didn't think that that, that is not what he looked like in other people's minds. Right. So I do think sometimes that is why authors 
just kind of leave it up to the reader to decide. Yeah. Well, you make him look what you want him to look like. Yeah. And if they don't describe the guy, then they usually don't describe the girl and you kind of make up that stuff. As you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think I'm going to just go ahead and we'll just add the the plot, the sex, and the, just kind of just do the overall okay. score. So for this standalone book by B.F. Mason that took a very little small amount of time out of my yes. day, surely did fuck with my brain. Yeah. And I appreciated that. Along with the really fantastic sex scenes, yes, I'm going to give this book a nine dick score out of ten. Same, Yay! nine out of ten for me too. I like it. If it would have been written, I think any other way other than how it was written, I don't think it would have been as good. No, and you've not read this before, right? So never. if you're an avid reader like we are, then yep. you've read your fair share yes. of mafia romance, and they're all like, the oh, same the after same, a while. And this doesn't happen, and blah, blah. This you've not read before, never. You've not seen these twists coming, and so you know, well done. Yes, well done, so well Mason. done. Yay. Well, next week for episode eight, we actually are doing the chapter eight duet, which is actually called Grace Street by Ella Dominguez, which I think is another Kindle Unlimited book. It is. It is. Yay. It is. Awesome. It'll be a very interesting week. Yes. Those are great books. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of extra in those There's books. a lot. Uh, I personally, I think this is going to be the first time that we re reviewed a book that one of us likes and the other is not a huge fan of. I know it's funny. It is. Yep. It'll be very interesting. So we hope that you guys tune in. Yes. So you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. I believe all those are the Smut Hive, right? Yep. Okay. And then we want you to click all the buttons and do all the things. Yeah. All right. All right. See you next week. Bye.